0: And welcome to the 428th episode of Travel It's Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with my friend and co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee. And this is the 10th season of Travel It's Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair.
1: Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travel Itch Radio.
0: And our honored guest tonight is travel author Julie Valerie. Welcome, Julie, to Travel Itch Radio.
2: Thank you so much. It's so lovely to be here.
0: First,
1: Julie, please tell your audience about about your books.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, Secrets, Mysteries, and the Pursuit of Perfection. Welcome to the Village of Prim. Yes, a new series based on the fictional Village of Prim featuring main character Holly Banks, a young mom on a desperate mission to have it all. But of course, nothing in life goes according to plan. The first novel in the collection of standalone novels is titled Holly Banks Full of Angst and has been described as a laugh-out-loud debut novel for anyone who has tried to live the perfect life and learned the hard way. There's no such thing. The second novel, <laughs> The Peculiar Fate of Holly Banks, takes a closer look at Holly as a wife, mother, and aspiring filmmaker who quickly learns the role that fate plays with every plan that she's made. Both novels can be found wherever books are sold in English-language countries. They're available in paperback, ebook, and audio, and they were both recently released by Lake Union Publishing. And for complete details about the books and my work, you can visit my website at julievallery.com.
1: Well, that's super. And now also, what are some of your regular travel writing outlets? Well, back in the day
2: during my time as an international trend forecaster, a lot of my work was translated into different languages and distributed throughout the world and lots of different media outlets. But lately, many of my travel conversations are shared with the Bookish Road Trip community, a community Mm -hmm. I helped to create along with six other authors, we consider ourselves travelers and book lovers in pursuit of our next destination and our next great read. But certainly soon more of my travel writing will be shared through articles and essays closer to the time of my third novel's release, um, which will not be set in the village of Prim, but rather is written as a standalone piece of fiction uh, based on the road trip that I just took.
1: That sounds great. I can't wait. How did you become a writer in general and specifically a travel journalist?
2: Oh well, thank you. So I think I probably, I think I was probably always a writer and just didn't realize it. I remember at the time of back to school growing up, I would always set aside a spiral notebook and that would be my novel for that school year. But I don't think I firmly understood in my mind how to become a writer. I don't know that it was ever really clearly explained to me, and so I don't think I saw it as a future when I was younger. It was more after college and when I was living in New York City that I started to really put pen to paper. And that's where a lot of my earlier travel writing um, was was first penned when I was traveling the world and doing research for the company that I was working for. And I certainly have always been a lover of fiction and books in general. So I have lately in the past few years focused on novel writing. But I do love this third book and the plot because it is built on a road trip plot line. And so it allows me to kind of bridge my love of writing novels with my love of travel writing.
0: Julie, where do you live now and why did you decide to take a solo road trip?
2: Ah, well, thank you. So right now I live and write from Virginia, where I am a mother of four and where I married my uh, college sweetheart, and I decided to um, hit the road because I was developing um, the story first for my next novel, and then I plotted it against the 2022 Rand McNally Road Atlas, placing ah. itty-bitty little stickum notes next to different waypoints on the map. And I actually began the journey um, on a flight from Virginia to Denver, Colorado, where I rented a hybrid vehicle and then drove north through Wyoming, west through Montana, where I then turned north to start my journey at Flathead Lake, Montana, near the border with Canada, before my solo road trip was through, I would have. I had also traveled southbound from Montana into uh, Idaho, uh, Nevada, Arizona, and then I had to turn around, go northbound through uh, Utah, and then eastbound through the Rocky Mountains of Colorado to meet up with my family for our annual summer vacation in Breckenridge. I did it all in a week, I did it all alone, Woo-hoo. and it was an absolute blast.
0: <laughs> How did you pick your route?
2: Well, I picked the route. I knew that the plot was going to be built on a road trip plot, and I initially had imagined it being a border-to-border, east coast-to-west coast, 3,000-mile journey. But the closer I was developing the plot and the closer I was realizing the places I wanted my characters to go for the story to tell the way I wanted it to tell in the novel, I started to research other routes uh, throughout the United States. I love maps. I often sit, you know, I read maps, <laughs> and like I read books, so I'll often sit with a map in my fingers and a magnifying glass and just kind of travel maps with my fingers. And I kept going back to U.S. Route 93, in, which is a border-to-border um, route that actually at its northern terminus is up in Jasper in Alberta, Can- uh, Canada. It drives past Banff National Park, which is where I, um, went for my honeymoon years ago, and then it sweeps into British Columbia, connects with Montana, and then it goes almost down to the Mexican border. And researching that trip just really, really spoke to me that this was the correct trip for these characters and for the places I needed for them to visit and for the things that I wanted to have happen to them during the novel. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible route, I know that there's an Interstate 93 in New England. I think there's a California Route 93. There might be others, but this one was U.S. Route 93. It's pretty famous for being one of the most dangerous roads in America. Um, Mm. Parts of it follows the Continental Divide, while other parts intersect with historic routes like the Lewis and Clark Trail, the Pony Express, and the Lincoln Highway. It goes past the loneliest road in America, the extraterrestrial highway. Two of our nation's highest bridges are along Interstate 93. And it's just a fascinating place that will take you through deserts and mountains and just a really beautiful part of the country.
0: Okay, just one quick question. You said Interstate 93. You meant U.S. 93, I think.
2: Uh, So... Most people refer – I've been referring to it as Interstate 93, and when I was traveling, that's how people referred to it. But I didn't want to confuse listeners because there's another Interstate 93 in New England. There is a 93 in California, and the one that I'm referring to is probably technically U.S. Route 93, um, and it crosses borders into Canada.
0: Okay, just want to be sure. Okay, we're talking with travel author Julie Valerie.
1: Julie, you must have had some memorable adventures. Is it true you came eye to eye with a 2,000-pound buffalo?
2: (laughs) Yes, I did. Um, it, it happened at the National Bison Range in Montana, which was one of my first um, trips along the along the way. The National Bison Range was established more than 100 years ago. It's one of the oldest wildlife refuge refuges, refuges in the nation. Um, it was established long ago to help protect the herd. And while I was driving around, driving along a gravel path on this 18,000-acre um, piece of land, I my car came to a stop and up walked just as slow as can be, but just so majestic and so beautiful, this large, massive animal, and he walked right next to my car. And his eye, he just looked at me through the window, and I was face to face. And, like, his his eyeballs to my eyeballs, he was right there. I could hardly breathe. I was all alone. It was one of those situations you often see on TV where people get too close to a wild animal. I was in my car. I didn't step out to take a picture of him. It wasn't one of those situations. <laughs> I was in the safety of my car, but he just seemed to single me out. He came right up to the road and then um, hung out with me for a little while. And then eventually he slowly made his way, circled the car, and then walked out onto this kind of grassy patch, laid down, rolled around, and started um, kind of slapping himself with some dirt, I guess, to get the flies off of him or something. But it was a beautiful moment, honestly. But it was a very large, massive creature, and it really took my breath away.
1: Oh, that, yeah. Well, also, I mean, you're dealing with wildfires, historic scorching heat, managing fuel consumption on a rural drive. What kind of advanced planning did you have to do to determine this route? And the road trip you took was, in your own words, a study in contrast. Why?
0: Julie, you with us? Julie, you there? For the, I think we've lost Julie, but on the switchboard page, it shows that she's still with us, so I don't know what the story is. Ooh. Anyway, Mary Ellen, I'm glad you're with us. So uh,
1: you and I can I talk am.
0: until Julie gets back. Julie, let us know when you come back so we can continue. Yeah. Anyway, how does a fiction writer conduct research during a road trip? I don't know that. I know how a nonfiction writer does it because I'm one of them, and you too, Mary Ellen. So what mm-hmm. do you do, Mary Ellen, when you are conducting research on a road trip?
1: Well, mostly I I take the same – Uh, method that uh, Julie does I have a spiral notebook and I write furiously I keep all kinds of notes just free verse without um, without any rhyme or reason I'm not putting together a story or anything just writing notes furiously furiously and then when I go back I compare it to the photographs that I've taken and my notes and then I try to build the story around it
0: what about you I do the same. I don't like to spend a lot of time writing on a road trip, but I do like to spend a lot of time writing things down for future. In other words, taking notes, usually in a spiral-bound notebook, the same as you. In fact, that's what I did today. I, I interviewed all three future incoming Hall of Famers, Derek Jeter, Ted Simmons, and Larry Walker, and I took notes during the time they were talking, and then I wrote my articles about them afterwards.
1: Oh, wow, that must have been quite a day.
0: It was quite a day, coupled with the flooding that I experienced in my waterproof basement, which did not hold up. And so I spent time using a water vac and all kinds of other equipment to try to get rid of the water on my carpeting. There was no standing water, but the carpeting was soaked.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, we really got battered by... Hurricane Ida, she was mean to us over here.
0: Yeah, and the bad thing is, when I had the weather chat on this morning, first thing the guy said was, we are one-third of the way through hurricane season.
1: No. You mean we got
0: more of this? That's what he said. Usually peaks in mid-September. Mm-mm-mm. And we're not there yet. we're just on the cusp of Labor Day weekend. Julie, are you back? Are you there? This is strange. Usually, when there's a glitch of some sort, it shows up on the switchboard on the computer, but it indicates that she is still with us i I don't know what the story is, but maybe she'll come back. I hope so. If not, we can reschedule her for some future date. Hopefully, you know in September. I've got an open date the last so. Thursday of the month, so we can always put her there. If she doesn't come back tonight. This is very strange. Well anyway, I hope she comes uh, back. you, you know, yeah, she Julie let she, us. Uh
1: she talked about you know, um filming on a on a mountain range. You are have been all over, all different mountain ranges all over the country.
0: Yes, I've been through I love the West and I love seeing buffalo. By the way, they're they're the original BLT, Buffalo, lettuce and tomato. (laughs) Did you know that Ted Turner owns the largest private buffalo herd in the world on his Montana ranch?
1: No, I didn't know that.
0: Wow. I I guess he traded Jane Fonda for a buffalo herd.
1: (laughs) (laughs) do like to uh, make trades. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, Have you ever seen a buffalo face-to-face, a live one?
0: I have seen them. I've seen them up close and personal, not as close as you can pet them and not right outside my car window, but I've seen them pretty close. There's a place called mm-hmm. Custer State Park in South Dakota, not far from Rapid City, where they have buffalo roaming all over the park, they even have an event called the Buffalo Roundup in September, late September. That is goodness. one of the biggest events of the year out west.
1: Oh my goodness, I have to put that on my bucket list. Uh, you know, uh, I've never seen a buffalo. I mean, other than on TV. I mean, I just, I just can't even imagine two thousand
0: pounds of beast. Yeah, my question to her is, how does she know what it weighed? Yeah, I mean,
1: it's got to be an estimate, but still, it was big.
0: (laughs) Unless she had a portable scale in her car and got out and weighed the buffalo. (laughs) Can't imagine. Anyway, Julie, I'm sorry that you're not there. And if you are there, please hop in any time because we'd love to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Julie, you there? No response. This is very peculiar.
1: Very peculiar. Okay, I think
0: we're going to have to reschedule Julie. We're losing too much of her show time.
1: Yeah. So uh,
0: on that note, listeners, I apologize. I don't know what happened with Julie Valerie, but I will tell you about next week's show because that I can do. We'll be talking with Cindy Richards of TravelingMom.com. So be there or be square. And also coming up, On September 23rd, in case you missed it, is a repeat of our May 6th Career Retrospective Show, conceived by Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, who also handled the interview, covering my 52 years as a baseball and travel journalist. Don't miss it. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with my beautiful and talented co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night, and stay safe. trying to program the music and it's not programming, but I'm working on that now too. <laughs> it's been a crazy day, folks, with that hurricane.